Hello and welcome to this next episode of the Three Ball Podcast. Um, stuff is going on in sports, but what you just heard was the ad at the beginning. I'm going to put that at the beginning because I'm not having two parts in this episode. So the ad's at the beginning. So sorry about that, but I got to make money somehow here. Um, yeah, <laughs> but NBA. Um, Victor Oladipo is now going to. Pl- he is thinking about playing in the NBA restart. Uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, he said that he was not going to play. He's going to travel with the team. But now that he has been practicing and running full courts and uh, half courts, five on fives, three on threes, and all that kind of stuff, he said that he might play. So the Pacers might be back as my dark horse, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah. If Oladipo is going to play, the Pacers actually have a chance. Uh, Because if you do remember, Pacers a couple years ago, they almost beat LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they could have gone to the NBA Finals because they were better than a lot of teams that the Cavs beat. But Oladipo got hurt early in the season and then he had just come back. But, (laughs) excuse me, but Oladipo is a baller. You know, he's one of the few people that I like that plays offense and defense that doesn't play offense like Steph Curry. But, um, yeah, so he can guard people like LeBron. He can guard Jimmy Butler. He can guard He can guard almost any position on the floor except power forward and center. He can guard you one, two, and three. So that's why I like Oladipo. And the Pacers have a good team ball offense. They got Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, who's very underrated. If you don't know, he won rookie of the year, not too long ago, and is one of the, and he shot 50-40-90 last year, so if you don't know what 50-40-90 is, it's 50% from the floor, 40% from the three-point line, and 90% from the free throw line, and only a few people have accomplished that, they are Larry Bird, Kevin Durant, Reggie Miller, I think, Steph Curry, Dirk Nowinski, and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, all those are all those guys are future Hall of Famers except Malcolm Brogdon. But you never know. Brogdon could get his career to where he averages thirty points for the next five years and he becomes a Hall of Famer. But I doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Um so yeah. And also with this NBA bubble, um, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are making million dollar moves out here. They signed Jamal Crawford. The king of getting buckets. Um, the Nets, most of the Nets players just quit. <laughs> They're like, now nah, we're done. Um, so the Nets send Jamal Crawford, who uh, one of the greatest six men of all time, and the fact that Jamal's a walking bucket. His last NBA game, he scored 51 points. Last time he played. So he's a walking bucket, and really nobody can guard this dude. Um, so the Nets signed him. They also signed Mr. 420 himself, LaMichael Beasley. Um, the Bees, uh, last person to get MVP chance in uh, Madison Square Garden, I'm pretty sure, was Michael Beasley. Um, if you don't know anything about Michael Beasley, uh, he was like the number four overall draft pick ages ago. Um, didn't really pan out anything, but he's played in the league forever. Um, dude, on high most of the time he's on the court and yeah it's where that's why we call him mr 420 yeah 
But, um, yeah, Michael Beasley, he's back. The Nets also signed him. And I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is skinny now. He lost a bunch of weight, and now Carmelo Anthony is skinny. Um, this could be really good for Melo, because it gets back to Denver Melo. Oh, ooh, pump fake up basket. Uh, Denver Melo was really cool. He's lit. He's a walking bucket, too. Uh, Michael Beasley is not a walking bucket. He's more like a walking uh, triple-double machine out there. Um, he should definitely be the starter. Um, the, the Nets could win it, all. If we're being honest, if they had Durant, the Durantula, uh, Kyrie, Michael Beasley, and Jamal Crawford, I'd pick that team to win. <laughs> They're the eight seed right now. Um, yeah, that that team would be baller if they if Kevin Durant said he wanted to play. It'd be a dub. You got Kyrie, who is the king and being indecisive. The the snake, the Durantula. Uh, Jamal Crawford. So yeah, th- that one would actually be so at the one they got they would have Kyrie. At the two they'd have Jamal Crawford. Or Spencer Dimley, whatever they wouldn't want to do. I'd have uh, Jamal, because Jamal couldn't play off the ball. Boom, that rhymed. Um, because he used to play with Chris Paul. Oh, another rhyme. But, um, he used to play with Chris Paul, and Chris Paul handled the ball a lot. So, at the one, I'd Kyrie, Jamal at the two, the Durantula, or... Yeah, let's just put Beasley at the three. Why not? Mr. 420 himself and Michael Beasley at the three. At the four, the, the Durantula, Kevin Durant. And five, DeAndre Jordan. That team actually be lit. I watch that team all the time. Um, dude, they would need to be a finalist. No, no doubt. And Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench with Karis LeVert off the bench. Oh my god, that team would be good. <laughs> now, that, now that I think about it, <laughs> the team's actually good. So bring back Joe Johnson. Iso Joe. Uh, if you guys don't know who Iso Joe is, Iso Joe Johnson has like he's tied. He's in like the top five for cl- most clutch shots of all time. It's higher than like Steph Curry, and people like uh, I think the only guys he's not ahead is like MJ, Dirk, um, LeBron, Kobe, somebody else. But actually, he might be fifth. Or no, Paul Pierce is fifth. I think, and. Iso Joe's like six, though he's ahead of people like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, um, Devin Booker, even though Devin Booker doesn't really take much clutch shots because the Phoenix Suns are always down by 30. Yeah, sad. Um, Devin Booker might kind of might ask for a trade. He's trying to get out of the Phoenix. Phoenix kind of sucks. All the good people leave Phoenix. Steve Nash left Phoenix for a little bit, then came back, and then got traded again. Um, Kevin Johnson, I think, was the last dude who's, like, actually staying in Phoenix. Um, Jason Kidd was in Phoenix. He got traded to Dallas. Or, no, Dallas to Phoenix. Then to Brooklyn, or New Jersey. They were technically New Jersey at the time. New Jersey to Dallas again. Then to New York. Jason Kidd played for a lot of teams. Jason Kidd was a hooper, too. Jason Kidd was like the white Westbrook. <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> Grab rebounds, pass, and shoot somewhat efficiently from the floor. Um, yeah. So, the NBA awards, they might come out pretty soon. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is probably going to win most valuable player, defensive player of the year. And if they win the championship, he'll be the finals MVP, most most likely. Um, 
A lot of people want to make a case for LeBron being the most valuable player in the NBA, but without LeBron, that team could be fine. I mean, if you look at it, I'm, I know people love to use stats, like certain stats. When LeBron's off the floor, this team is uh, 22nd ranked in so-and-so's stat of offensive rank. How many times when LeBron is off the floor, Anthony Davis is probably off the floor because that's, that's the rotation. And how good is Lakers? How good is the bench without with uh, no Anthony Davis and no LeBron? If LeBron wasn't on that team, then you'd have money to sign half decent role players that are not named Deion Waiters, aka Kobe Wade, and freaking Alex Caruso, and all these other Javale McGee, the goofball himself. You thought you actually have money to sign people. They're not goofballs or eat edibles or just can't play basketball anymore. Um, Kuzma has gone Hollywood on us. But, yeah. Uh, Blazers team wouldn't be that bad without LeBron because they have another top five player in the NBA is what most people call him, Anthony Davis. Um, but the Milwaukee Bucks without Giannis is Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe, which is not very good. I mean, it's alright, because, you know, Milton's a hooper-hooper, and Milton's a baller. But, Eric Bledsoe ain't that much anymore, and the role players, they got Dante DiVincenzo, um, Pat Connaughton, White Man Can't Jump, <laughs> Robin Lopez, Brooke Lopez, George Hill, they got a bunch of random role players that can hoop, but they ain't hooper-hoopers. Um, Yeah. So that, that's my little view on the most valuable player race, in my opinion. It's, it's all LeBron. Or, <laughs> I take it back. It's not all LeBron. It's all Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I say LeBron. I mean, I love LeBron. Not where I'd put him over Michael, obviously. But I do like the style of basketball LeBron plays now. Uh, where I used to not like it because he would never ever, ever take clutch shots. Now, sometimes he takes clutch shots when he has a mismatch or when there's like half a second left on the clock and he's got to just chug it up. Um, I like that type of LeBron where he will take clutch shots because in the, in the day it used to be uh, pass to D-Wade or pass to Kyrie. Now it's, well, I guess I kind of got to take this shot. There ain't nobody else around here. Pass to JR. Oh, JR just ran around for 30 minutes. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I actually like LeBron now, um, where in the past I did not like LeBron. So, I, I have a lot more respect for LeBron than I used to have now. Um, would I take Giannis over him? Definitely. Would I take the Durantial over him? Definitely. Not because LeBron's not better than Durant, or LeBron's not better than Giannis in his prime, but LeBron's getting older. And yeah, that's why. LeBron's body might break down on him at some point. <sighs> so that's why. I mean, it's impressive that LeBron can still do this at 35 or however old he is now. But I'll, I'll just pass on LeBron being the most valuable player. Um, Defensive player of the year. Uncle Giannis Antetokounmpo winning it. Because I don't like Rudy Gobert. Because Rudy Gobert is kind of an overrated defensive player. 
he's only valuable when he plays teams that have a center who coasts up. When they play the Rockets and they space the floor, Rudy Gobert really can't do anything because he's not in the paint. Russell Westbrook go yam on him. Um, but yeah, so he really doesn't do anything if he's spaced out. And that kind of defeats the purpose of the big man, which is what the Rockets do. And what some other teams should do when they play the Utah Jazz. Because Rudy Gobert is not an offensive player either. Rudy Gobert can't score. Like, he has a little post-hook move, but that, that's about it. All big men have that. Even Kwame Brown had that. Or Vladimir Rangchenko, or whoever else you want to put up there. They had post but Darko Milicic had a post-hook. Everybody has a post-hook. If As long as you're 6 feet 10 plus, everybody's got a post-hook. That they can somewhat make it a consistent level. Even DeAndre Jordan's got a post-hook. And DeAndre Jordan, all he does is dunk. So, that's a little rant on Rudy Gobert. Um, so, today I was watching a video um, of Greg Oden. And I'm sick and tired of people calling Greg Oden the bust. I know a lot of people do that. Uh, they would label him the top 10 bust category. Um, he is not a bust. He was one of the most talented. There's a reason the dude got picked over Kevin Durant. Dude was a bona fide hooper hooper before he got injured. He was faster than Kevin Durant at the NBA Combine, which is very surprising for a guy who's seven foot and weighs like two eight. He weighed like two sixty five at the time. He was faster than a six eight scrawny little kid from Texas named Kevin Durant. Um. Greg Odens, he played the first half of his college season with a hurt, with a sprained right hand, and he did not use his right hand the whole the whole first half of the season. He averaged sixteen points with his left hand, and people people want to say Larry Bird is all cool because Larry Bird scored like twenty seven with his left hand in an NBA game. Greg Oden averaged sixteen points in the college season. With his non-dominant hand. He, he was like averaging 16, 12, and 3 blocks a game. With one hand. Dude was a baller. And if you don't believe me, then let's go to his NBA career. Before he got hurt, dude was averaging 12 and 10. Which is a great rookie season, in my opinion. Gets hurt. That Portland team would have been ballers. They had... Brandon Roy, Greg Oden, and LaMarcus Aldridge, that team was hooping. And they played, I can't remember how many games it was. Oh. The, I, the games that they were healthy, they went 50 and 16. Which, uh, that, at that time in the NBA, there was no team like the Warriors that would go 73 and 9. The Western Conference was really hard. And 15 and 16 is a really good record. with, And that was their one year of being healthy together. And Greg Oden was still really young. Brandon Roy hadn't got to the level he was at yet. And LaMarcus sure wasn't an all-star caliber player at that time. So the one year that they were healthy, none of them in their primes, they went 50 and 16 when they were healthy. It's baller level status right there. Um, Now if you want to go back and look at the real NBA bust, <laughs> you could have people like Michael Owakandi or uh, Andre Bargnani. Even though Andre was, Andre gets a lot of hate. 
Dude average, actually averaged 20 points like a couple times in his career. So it's not really that much of a bust, but they thought he was going to be the next Dirk, so they hyped him up way too much. Um, people like the Johnny Manziel of uh, basketball, Jimmer Fredette. He's kind of a bust just like Johnny was. Um, I say that because um, Jimmer, small light kid, could shoot from really far and was from a small college at BYU. Johnny Manziel, small white kid, run around, make make people miss. It, they were basically the same person. They had a bunch of hype surrounding them. Uh, people knew Johnny Manziel really wasn't an NFL quarterback. And people knew you should not pick Jimmer for that in the first 15 picks. Or forget that, the first round, top 20, whatever. They knew Jimmer for that shouldn't have been picked there. Uh, another NBA best, the man who doesn't take showers, Adam Morrison. Um... Darko Milicic, even at the time Darko was very hyped up, they thought he was going to be really good. Darko's a bust, now he works, now he has an apple farm in Serbia. That's a fun fact for my mom, because she'll probably care about that. Um, yes, he has an apple farm in Serbia. I want to go visit. That'd be kind of cool. Um, Kwame Brown. Taylor's a real bust. Um, Kwame, eh, Kwame played a long time in the NBA, though. Kwame was like freaking like 20 years in the NBA when he was averaging like two points a game. Whatever, Kwame. Um, Anthony Bennett. There's another NBA bust for you. Anthony Bennett, also a number one overall pick, decided that he would solely picked off a potential, in my opinion. It really wasn't a good pick. He was supposed to be LeBron James Jr., but it's okay. Even though there is a LeBron James Jr., and it's not Anthony Bennett. Um, Wesley Johnson, another bust. Derek Williams, another bust. Uh, Michael Beasley, you could kind of count as a bust. Uh, Hashim, the dream, the beat, another bust. <laughs> there are a lot of dudes that you could label as a bust besides Greg Oden. So just forget Greg Oden being a bust. Or... This is from my dad here. You could kind of, like, the most wasted draft pick of all time is Lynn Bias. I get that he died two days after a cocaine overdose. But dude didn't play an NBA game. So, at least some of these other guys played NBA games. And they weren't stupid to go do drugs. R.I.P. Lynn Bias, but that was kind of stupid, man. Um, even, uh, actually, the whole... In the 70s, everybody was doing it, so I guess it's whatever. But, and we do not condemn using drugs here on the Drew uh, podcast. But, David started to kind of save the NBA if you don't know what that is. Well, um, he was like, Larry Bird and Max Johnson are going to rig the NBA for you. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. In fact, Magic, you're getting Kareem, um, Bird... You're going to get some no-names and Pete Maravich for your rookie season. You're going to carry that team. And after that, we'll get you some real players. Because, you know, got to see what you're about, man. We know what Magic's about, though. Magic about that prime time. Pass to Kareem. Do a little smile. Point to camera. Wink. That's what Magic used to do. Um, like, I was watching an old Celtics-Lakers game from the NBA Finals, like, a couple days ago. That what I can't remember what year it was. That Lakers team had Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bob McAdoo. If you don't know who Bob McAdoo is, Bob McAdoo was like led the NBA in scoring one year. 
Dude was a legit scorer. Uh, he was a scorer when George Garvin was still in the NBA. And that team was lit. Michael Jordan had George Garvin, too. If people want to forget that. This is rookie year, but <laughs> George Garvin's kind of lit. The Iceman. He was, he was cool with it. But there are a lot of things in NBA basketball that have changed over the years. And I guess it's cool to see. Also, David Stern read the... NBA draft, so the Knicks could get Patrick Ewing. Very cool move there. Saving the NBA step by step. It's something I would do, except I would rig the pick for the Mavericks. <laughs> but that's all I got on sports and basketball for today. Um, now we're gonna go into my WWE rants because I can. Woohoo! Um, WWE. Well, actually, no. It. But it's mostly a TNA rant. Um, two days ago, or sorry, a week ago, a week and two days ago, I was watching an old TNA match that was Dusty Rhodes and AJ Styles. Now, Dusty Rhodes, at this point, is like 50. RIP Dusty Rhodes, by the way, because this match was years ago. Dusty Rhodes came out of retirement to face AJ Styles. Dusty Rhodes... If you don't know Dusty Rhodes, it's he's the American dream, okay? Look up some Dusty Rhodes when you get done listening to this podcast. Dusty Rhodes was the American dream. He was a little chubby, and he was just funny. He could he would dance. He'd do all this random stuff, and people loved him. I liked him. He was pretty cool and funny. So Dusty Rhodes came to TNA, wrestling AJ Styles. Dusty Rhodes can't move because he's still out of shape. He's always been out of shape, but now he's really out of shape. Um, AJ's young and definitely in shape. And this, and Vince Russo's drunk and hungover somehow at the same time. And sitting ringside with a beer bottle. And then it's not even a beer bottle. It's the, it's the brown paper bag with whatever he had in there. And he's just drinking it while the match is going. He's tripping. He's falling over stuff. He's got a baseball bat for no reason. Like, what is this, TNA? This is why your company went down in the ground right here. (laughs) I could do a better job than that. Well, I guess that's how the tradition started. Vince Russo decided to be drunk one time, and then then after that, Jeff Hardy got high and uh, showed up to the show high one time and gave us the worst main event match in history then Davey Richards no showed and it was like yeah it's okay man it's all good then Davey then Davey Richards got demoted to security guard for MVP but it's all good um it's whatever TNA do what you do um and we're gonna go back to WWE now fast forward TNA grabs old dudes and they put them in wrestling rings we got Ric Flair back in WWE as Randy Orton's general manager. Randy got him out of the bingo home and took him away from his applesauce. Now Rick's crazy again, doing his woo thing, strutting around. Give him his applesauce, please. Give him his applesauce and his sweet tea and water so he can leave and go back to the bingo halls and go to the retirement home again, man. Ain't nobody want to see you. I mean, you're a legend, but you way past your prime, amigo. I don't want to see you back in WWE. You guys are burying people. So now we're definitely back to 2007. Uh, now the Big Show and Randy Orton are in a feud. And 
and they're gonna fight each other. Woo! It's not like I've never seen this one before. Randy Orton versus The Big Show and in a no-holds-barred match at Extreme Rules. Woo! That's not supposed to be like a Ric Flair thing. It's just woo. Great. But I think it's funny that WWE's just like off. They have no clue what they're doing anymore. They're just like, gosh. Um, what did we do in 2006? R- Ric Flair, general manager. Um, no, he's not the general manager. Ric Flair, manager for Randy Orton. Randy Orton goes and faced all these legends. We'll bring back legend killer Randy Orton. Boom, baby, that's what we're gonna do. When it fails, ah, crap. Um, yeah, uh, Andrade, you wanna... I don't know. I don't know what WWE's gonna be do. WWE's gonna do. I, I just... Bring back ECW for Wednesday night. So forget, forget NXT. NXT can move to Tuesday. We'll have um, freaking w- ECW back. There should we should bring WCW back too, and not do what they did. It's just not hire Vince Russo, and not get Eric Bischoff back. We just hire John Laurinaitis, who has, can't talk anymore. Hire John Laurinaitis and Teddy Long, Tilo, and we'll just do a SmackDown versus Raw 2007 storyline. Just have Teddy Long get hit by a car. <laughs> that that that'll be it. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, and the, the, there are these old video games that, um, old WWE video games, and they had some <laughs> weird storylines. Teddy Long gets hit by a car. Um, JBL's weird. JBL's actually cool, but JBL acts all weird. Um, there are some weird storylines in WWE, all the video games, just saying. Um, there was one where, oh, this is what WWE's currently going through, I guess. It's just, just letting you know what happens in the future. Vince McMahon goes on a weird run where he's just like, ah, forget it, we're bringing all back, all the legends. So, at 2007, these guys could somewhat still wrestle, he brings back Hulk Hogan, uh, freaking, uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, R.I.P. him, um, and Mick Foley. Well, now that obviously can't happen. But you know WWE should bring back as a commentator? Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart was freaking funny. He had his little megaphone, the microphone next to it. It was so stupid, but so funny. And he would, and he would just go on about random things, too. It wasn't even important to the show. He just talked about random things. With his little megaphone, he had this stupid, annoying voice. But I was down with it. It's Jimmy Hart. It's okay. Um, and, I mean, they should go back to having Legend Tours, too. Legend Tours were pretty funny. That's what Jimmy Hart would be doing, Legend Tours. I wouldn't have him on the show whatsoever. I I might have Jimmy Hart as a commentator. That, that'd be about it for a match. Not any other matches. One match. Jimmy Hart can get annoying, but the first, first time, he's funny. Um... But yeah, that that would just be my opinion on that. WWE's going down, 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 down. And it's sad to see because I grew up with WWE. I grew up with that being the best company. Uh, I grew up with TNA being the second best. I grew up, and then we split off. TNA decided they wanted to be trash again. Then we got New Japan Wrestling. Then it was the Indies. The, the Indies is actually still cool. The Indies been around forever. Ever since you have professional wrestling, you've had the Indies. Um, but they weren't as big back in the day as they are now. Um, New Japan, obviously. Uh, and then 
ECW was lit. And then after that, it just turned into, well, now we have AW. Welcome to where WWE guys who got fired come to AW. That's what TNA was for a while. But TNA, the thing with TNA is they could actually find other talent. Like, young AJ Styles, young Samoa Joe. They actually found other talent to go along with these old WWE guys. So it made the show popular until Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff ruined it. And Hulk Hogan ruined it. You can add Hulk Hogan in that list too. But that's what ruined TNA. But that's also what made it really good. You had young guys that they just found. And now WWE hired all them from TNA to work for WWE. Now they're old guys. And it's kind of weird. But AEW is just like uh, Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley. Come on, uh, Chris Jericho, you can be on it. Cody Rhodes, you're on it. Um, Jack Swagger, you're on it. Um, Orange Cassidy, a.k.a. Neville, you're on it. Um, who else worked for WWE who wants to work here? They, they just have too many guys who work for WWE on there. Oh, JR, Jim Ross. Um, love your commentating. You want to work for AEW? Sure, why not? And then you got... Then you have the, the dude who's with Jim Ross... I'm pretty sure worked for ECW back in the day, and he was the boring part of ECW. He was the worst commentator I've ever seen, besides Michael Cole and sometimes Jerry the King Lawler. Because Jerry, I love Jerry the King Lawler, but his one-liners are out of date completely. He didn't stop with the one-liners, just switched to actual commentating. They were funny back in the day. That's what he made his career on one-liners. But get, start something new, man. It ain't it ain't working anymore. <laughs> So yeah, that's gonna be my rant on TNA for this uh, for this week. Okay, that that's the segment ranting on WWE. Huh. Huh. Ranting on WWE and TNA. What what a what a segment. But all things have to come to an end at some point, and that's kind of where I'm at with WWE. I mean, I still watch it, but not not how I used to. I used to actually watch the whole show. Now I watch like I watch some of the show for the matches. Like the people that I like, I'll watch their matches. Like Bailey and Sasha Banks put on very good matches, so I'll watch their matches even if they're facing like freaking Carmella. Carmella can't wrestle; she's just very good on the microphone. But I'll watch Bailey and Sasha Banks matches because they actually know how to wrestle, and they don't get pushed by WWE. WWE is insanely as some of the other people. I can actually relate to them on their rise to fame and stuff. Becky Lynch, on the other hand, push her to freaking sky. And they did the same thing with Roman Reigns. You, you, they were just lucky Becky got pregnant so they didn't start booing Becky the same way they booed Roman Reigns after he got super pushed. Um, like, Be Becky started calling herself the man and she could just beat anybody. And it's freaking stupid. She was beating people that were way better than her, like Shayna Blazer, whatever her name is. Fought in the UFC, right? And could actually beat Becky up, if you look at it. Would beat Becky's butt. Like, in a minute. Somehow, Becky beat Shayna Blazer. Oh, my God. At WrestleMania. Then they waste the money in the bank cash in. Speaking of money in the bank winners, Otis hasn't been seen on, t it's on TV in, like, ages. What happened to the money in the bank winner? Is he sick or something? I don't know. But that's all I got at WWE.
for today, I guess. I'll, on Sun on the Sunday episode, I'll probably go ranting about WWE again. Um, I I guess I'll talk about music for a little bit. Um, music's pretty good. I mean, designer's back. Panda, 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 panda. If you don't know who designer is, he made the panda song and Timmy, 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 Timmy Turner. It's a song, not a TV show. Um, Timmy, even though Timmy Turner was cool, and that was not the name of the show. This show is fairly out there. It's whatever. But designer might be coming back, which I think is really cool. Um, he's changed his style, and he's changed the way he sounds, which is cool in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's all I'm gonna talk about for today. I'm kind of tired. I I love doing the podcast, but I'm kind of tired today, so please don't be mad at me if we're not going, like, 40 minutes or whatever, however long you want to see. Um... On the Sunday episode, I'll have Connor on. In fact, um, I gotta film the one with Connor later today. So, it should be okay. Um, I'll have Connor on on Sunday. I don't know what else I'll do on Sunday. I'll probably do a segment by myself. I might do two people on Sunday. I don't know. We'll just, we'll just see how it goes. Um, but thank you for listening to this episode of the Three Ball Podcast. I appreciate it. And have a good day.